Hey. Hi, Jen. So good to see you. You as well. Jacques Howard, thank you so much for coming out on your birthday. Oh, fantastic. It is my pleasure to help out a fellow radio host. Yes, yes. TV, please. TV, TV. <laughs> so yes. here is a little present from oh, Adrian and me. Oh, you got a present for me. This is amazing. Something you might enjoy later. Can I take a look and see what it is? Uh, sure. All right, let's okay, see. Okay, take a look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've got a, we have an adult beverage here, some red label. So uh, thank you very much. Just in case the bar doesn't have any. So, so getting going on you and and I've read about you. I've, I've checked your website out. Your 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 blog. Your all your you're everywhere, right? So you're community organizer. So what exactly is a community organizer? Well, you know, there's probably a definition that Wikipedia or someone else will say, but I'm going to say a community organizer is someone who wants to build a better community for everyone. Yeah. And that's something that I fell into, you know, in my older years and something that I love doing. Oh, excellent. And how, how did you get into community organizing? Well, I had left corporate America. I had some health issues and took a step back okay. from that. And uh, one of my good friends, who's also a mentor, suggested that I go and have this training. And lo and behold, this training was done by some people who were very connected to the president of the United States. And I, had a, <laughs> and I had a fantastic week-long training at this national seminar, and it was fantastic. And I realized that the person that I am, mm -hmm. I am a, tr a true community organizer at heart. So what would you say would be a definition in your mind of what a community organizer is? I would say a community organizer is someone who is connected to the community where mm -hmm. they live or where they exist, right. and they understand policies and procedures mm -hmm. that take place on a municipal level, and they can work together with the people in the, in the community as well as the municipality and the leaders to have different things happen that are going to bring about betterment to all the people in the community. So you got into this, and I know that your background, I read that your background is in fashion and art. Right. So do you incorporate that into your community organizing or how does that work? I mean, well, we have a lot of artwork here. Oh, yeah, tonight. absolutely. And uh, this is a really good friend of mine, actually, Megan U. Hayes oh, Ware. Cool. Um, and I do have some of her work as well. And I encourage people to buy local And I've art. seen artists yes. and musicians. Or I've heard them on the radio show. Absolutely. So part of what I do, um, because one of my passions is the creativity. Right. And I look at creativity in a very large uh, overall umbrella mm -hmm. idea, almost mm -hmm. very spiritual, this, this whole idea of creation. So who are the people who are creating things in the community? And more than likely, they're the artists yeah. and the business people, etc. So yeah. when I talk to artists and I talk to business people, I'm always interested to hear their version of what they're trying to develop, what their vision is. And they're artists in their own right. So you kind of got that from studying art yourself and fashion. You see that it's something even in business can be creative. Right. Fantastic. It can be a piece of art. Yes, yeah. that, that's absolutely true. And then also with fashion, um, textiles mainly is something that I'm really passionate about. But in textiles, the textures, mm. um, how different textures work together. I do that not only in how I dress, but also in my life. It's very mm. diverse. It's very eclectic. And I find that in this day and age, that is one of the best ways to move in and out of society. And I do notice the texture. <laughs> of the Thank tonight. you very much. So, so, so you have... Um, you know, projects and programs. Um, you're, you've done all kinds of things. There's a literacy program. There's a, an immigration roundtable. There's programs to clean up Trenton, right? MLK Day. So 
what, how do you develop these projects? And tell me about some of them, whatever ones you think are most. So again, as a community organizer, I think it's important to be deeply connected and rooted to the subculture. Right. I live here in Trenton with my lovely wife and daughter. Um, we have, uh, we are established here in Trenton, New Jersey, and have been for over 20 years. So I understand the inner workings of the neighborhoods, the people who are here, the different areas. Um, some very positive and some challenged areas, but that's the reality. So as a community organizer, for you to be successful, in my opinion, right. you've got to be deeply entrenched in the community. Yeah. It's nice to say, okay, I think we need to have a food bank or we need to have some of these different programs. However, that may not be what's actually needed by the people at the moment. Right. So when I, I develop a project, it's something that I'm passionate about, like literacy. Everyone needs to know how to read right. so they can just function through society. That project, Library Boxes of Trenton, came together because I, I have so many friends who are artists. Artists. So now, Those are they paint the outside of the box. Correct. So these and then they fill it with magazines. Magazines and yeah. newspapers, not newspapers, but magazines and books, and they give them away. Right. So a project like that, it may seem pretty simple, but what we're doing is we're distributing literature throughout the city of Trenton through a simple project like that. That's fantastic. I also think your point is really well taken. I mean, if you live in this community... You're gonna know what drives people. You're gonna know what people are looking for. You're gonna know, want to know. You know, you, you can you can sort of feel it out in the community. So that would be another sort of touch on the hotspots of what's needed in Trenton, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's so, also called civic engagement, and and that's something that used to be taught. You know, I, it was taught in schools about how do you be a how do, how are you living as a citizen in your community. And it's been taken out of schools, like so many other programs, for whatever reasons. But now we have uh, we have a lot of people who have grown up in the city of Trenton and other post-industrial cities who may not have the education to know what it means to be a citizen. What is my responsibility as a citizen? And that's what civic engagement is all about. And long term, the idea is that the more people who are civically engaged... We can build a better community because people are going to know, hey, I should put my trash out at this time. If I see something, I should react like this. If I have a problem, these are the steps that I need to take. Well, you brought up snow shoveling. That was an interesting idea. And yeah. Another fantastic point. One of, the, one of the things that really drives me crazy, and we see it all over um, urban environments, where when it becomes snow weather, people shovel out a parking space and right. they put a chair or some other unattractive object to mark their space. Mm -hmm. My thought is, if you know your neighbors then why don't all of you come out and shovel the whole street? Mm -hmm. And then that way everyone has their parking space and you and I and no one else needs to argue over a parking space because it behooves us right. to think about it on a much larger scale. Do unto others as we would have others do unto. But how do you incorporate that into programs? I mean, how do you see people being a part of the program and that you've been creating and how does that end up making them feel more like civic? their civic duty it's more hmm. relevant like how does that tie together sure. so uh, in the neighborhood I live in Franklin Park I'll give you a prime example so we get together on a regular basis not only just for duties that are the work of mm -hmm. being neighbors but we get together and we have a good time we celebrate holidays together mm. we go for walks together yeah. um, if there's something that's interesting to all of us we bring each other together so we're developing friendships in yeah. a relationship think about how uh, many many years ago it was the neighborhood mentality most people don't know their neighbors for whatever reason so are you saying that the programs that you've been creating 
have brought the neighbors together in a community that normally wouldn't be interfacing with one another? That is correct, but not only the neighbors, because I think it's important to understand that this is much larger than a block mm. or a neighborhood. Any of the projects that I work with, especially here in the city of Trenton, I'm always thinking about an overlapping process. How can I incorporate my artist friends and so that we can develop some sort of an economic revenue from that? So I want to incorporate art. At the same time, I've got a strong relationship with the mayor and uh, city council members. So how do I incorporate what they're doing, policies and procedures, and how do we merge the two together? So now you've got artists working with um, political leaders, now you're talking about a different dynamic. There's this synergy that happens now because oftentimes there's a void between certain sects of the population who believe, hey, that's not my thing. I'm not into politics. So they don't, they avoid politics. Well, if I can act as that mediator or I can be that person that can bring more people together at the table, preferably over a meal like I like to add, if I can do that, there's a really good chance that both sides or multiple sides are going to look at things and say, hey, they're just a human being trying to do the same thing I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it's when you, like the warehouse in Oakland, I mean, not that's a negative thing, but it was a beautiful community thing. It was a free place for artists. So if you could be the, the guy, the go-between, and talk to the mayor and say, hey, there's these empty abandoned buildings. Why don't you let people, artists, use those buildings? I mean, that's a liaison kind of person. Would you say you're sort of like the guy in between, the guy promoting the artist, but then going back to the mayor and telling the mayor, this is what these these people need. They need a place to do music. They need a place to do art or not. Well, you're no, smiling. I'm not, I'm not sure I, if you're... I'm, I'm, smiling, I'm, I'm smiling because that is probably a great way for someone to think about it from, from the outside, from like a, a bird's eye point of view mm. about what I do. But it's much more in detail and in depth than that. Um, literally, I don't think that there's any anything that I can, I'm doing that is in a box. It's very, very fluid. From day to day, it changes. But the whole idea and the impetus behind it is that I want to build a better community for everyone who is here right now. I'm not really concerned about some of the sidelining issues that some people have with other people or the, the, um, uh, uh, the, the individual issues that people are having internal. I'm more concerned about how do we make the city of Trenton a better capital city, therefore spreading out to a better state of New Jersey and therefore a better country. Well, I mean, Trenton is a place that has had a lot of bad press. A lot of crime is reported so how do you get your, your viewers and the people in the community and the people outside of the community to get beyond that? Mm-hmm. You know, thinking of Trenton as a place where there's crime, how do you get people to think of Trenton as an epicenter for art mm-hmm. or an epicenter for music? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, right here, you don't even have this in Princeton, mm-hmm. right? I live in Princeton. You don't have music playing or in a bar where you can just go hang out and have yeah. an interview in the back. And they were all fighting for this spot today. And I mean, this is exciting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And well, I wouldn't have known that without knowing you, but I'm just wondering how is that part of your mission statement? Yeah, it is. And, and I have to say that this isn't just me. And, and I don't want anyone to get the impression that this is a one-person 
No, a lot of people I've interviewed are doing what you're doing. It's fantastic. Absolutely. And that's that's the interesting thing about that synergy I mentioned. There's plenty of us who are doing this type of work. A lot I don't of think, good things being done. I just done, don't think right? anyone's doing radio and television or on location coverage like I am. Well, you're unique because you're you're sort of omnipotent. I mean, everywhere you look, there's Jacques Howard. I mean, you're you're doing, you know, immigration roundtable and then you're you're interviewing a guy who makes coffee and then you've got someone who's a musician and then you you've got a blog and a website and you know I I think you're unusual you're hard to sort of define for mm. me which well, I think it makes you more interesting oh you know? great and, and thank you for saying that and I think that has a lot to do with growing up I'm the youngest of seven children my my mother is one of 13 I, I had a relationship with my father before he passed but I don't know much about his family yeah. so I think that there's this whole big giant ball of bowl of stew that's happening, which has made me into the person that I am. And I think astrologically, the fact that I'm a Sagittarius and one of the things that oh, I, now you're getting I, a little far out. <laughs> one hey. of the things that I, I love to do is just really satisfy my soul. You know, I'm very optimistic and I'm one of those people I can't take no for an answer. You are very optimistic. I feel that energy. So speaking about the thing I brought up before, okay, people are sort of afraid to come into Trenton. Mm -hmm. Okay. How do you change that? Well, or is that part of like someone else's job? No, that and, and that's one of my main ambitions. I think that um, for many years, decades in fact, the city of Trenton ha has had two print publications, the Trenton Times and the Trentonian, both of which I'm almost positive have very little local affiliation. I believe they're owned by excuse me, large conglomerates. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand like large business and I understand that newspapers are going through a, a bit of a change socially because people my age and much younger would rather get their news on their mobile devices, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. I so still I, like the I paper, understand but, that. Yeah. However, however, it, it is the duty of the newspaper and the reporters to print unbiased information. And unfortunately, we have plenty Fake of news? examples, no, not fake news, <laughs> a good shot at like a yeah. political situation, yeah. but we have plenty of, of examples of negative press being printed on yeah. a regular basis. Yeah. Now, if you have two publications that cover a city of less than 100,000 people, less than seven and a half square miles, and they can't find any positive information to share or distribute to the community and to the region, and worldwide because they're all both they're both on the world wide web then what that means to me is that they're working counterproductive to prevent Trenton from getting better and showcasing the positivity which is what I want to do and in addition to that it lends to the next problem which is a systemic problem here in the city of Trenton where you have to say why is why are people benefiting from the the downtrodden and people who have have a hard existence and a hard life and I think that that's something that we have to address like the as incarceration well. issue well, incarceration is yeah. one drugs is another one mental health is also yeah. an issue absentee landlords foreclosures there's a whole bunch when you of say people are benefiting for people that are less fortunate do you mean that the press is using that as a way of attracting readers or do you mean that something I else? absolutely think that the press uses that as an opportunity to sell newspapers right. um, and, and number one I mean we don't know exactly what their distribution is I mean they can tell us that they're selling whatever amounts of newspapers but I don't know if that's actually accurate no one really knows but in addition to the press sharing information that is changing the culture here in Trenton, it's obvious. You said it yourself. 
all you hear is negativity about Trenton. And, and I think about the 70 plus countries where the Trenton 365 show has listeners. I can, wow, gar- I can guarantee, I can guarantee we have to talk that, a little louder now that we have the music <laughs> going up a little bit. I can guarantee that those folks who are following aren't following for negativity because if they are, they're not getting any. Yeah. That's not what I, I'm reporting. Well, I like your energy. I mean, I think the reality is you and I are trying to do shows that are promoting people that are doing great things. Exactly. And it hasn't been historically something that the press has ever been that interested in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's the argument now, politically, right? Mm-hmm. Is that some of our people that were running got more attention than some others because of the negative press that was more popular. So I think this is a, a kind of a current trend that's going on in the world, you know, in, in our country right now. Let me ask you this. Have you thought about running for mayor of Trenton? Absolutely not. Um, no. And, and I have been asked by both of the major political parties, Republicans and Democrats, to uh, be more involved in those parties, and I don't really have any interest. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any interest for a multitude of reasons, but a couple that I'll mention. Number one, I, I think that they've gotten to the point where they they become blinded to the actual mission of the work right. to be done, number one. Number two, I can get so much more done if I have friends in a very diverse grouping. So therefore, I can work with Democrats and Republicans and Independents and the Green Party. Well, if you're not trying to get an electoral electorate to vote for you, kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. You're, you're and and, and on top of that, as I have been publicly noted as saying, if I were to be involved in a political party, there's a really good chance that political party would have a problem with me and my activities, or it would have to change. Well, that's kind of juicy. Why? Well, because well, because I think that. They've lost their way. Well, I think that. Pray um, tell. What do you mean by that? I, I think most politicians have just gotten to the point where they just want to get elected again or move on and get elected. Or again. stop traffic. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is something I have to ask you. I mean, with this new government, the shift to the right, more conservative political positions, uh, will this have any impact on the work that you've been doing? I don't think so, personally. Um, I, and I've got people who I love and people who support me who I know voted for uh, Donald Trump, uh, the incumbent. Um, I I think here in the city of Trenton and at the state level, um, I I think that the work that I do, I will still continue to navigate the way that I do, mainly because I haven't drawn any lines for any particular party, which I will not do, number one. And uh, number two, I think that most people have an opportunity or will recognize that, hey, life must and will go on, yeah. regardless of whoever's in the White House. So you're staying indifferent. That's probably a better, not yeah. indifferent, but you're staying neutral. You're not yeah, going Because you have some, friends on both sides. Yeah, and it's not only because of that. It's just because that's that's how society works. Yeah. I mean, if I, I've had this conversation one time with a pastor um, who had said, if you're playing a G note, you're playing a G note, whether you're a Christian or you're a non-believer, the yeah. note is still the same. Yeah, it's still pure. Exactly. So the programs, I'm just interested, you you talked a little bit about the literacy program. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the other programs that you're mm-hmm. doing? Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure, so um, Library Boxes of Trenton is the literacy program, and I've got to get a sh- give a shout out to uh, Prometheus Publishing and MagazineLiteracy.org, who have been su- superb supporters, as well as uh, Code for Trenton, um, and then there's a bunch of other non well. Describe what the, the literacy boxes are. Sure. So uh, here in Trenton, we had dozens of old newspaper boxes, um, some of them decades old, 
that uh, were not acting as distribution sites for newspapers anymore. Okay. So the Downtown Association, the Trenton Downtown Association, I asked them, can I have those boxes? Because I had this wonderful idea. They said, sure, help us get them off the street. So I collected approximately 18 of them mm -hmm. and um, had several of my friends who were artists um, who have painted them, made them into public pieces of art. That's and, brilliant. Yeah, thank you. And um, we've had uh, several people adopt them. What goes in them? Uh, books, magazines, any kind of literature. And where do they get placed? And they get placed in public areas. Oh, excellent. And they have, the adopter must take care of the boxes, must be willing to come on to the Trenton 365 show and talk about their experience, et cetera. Oh, that's fabulous. So someone who grabs a magazine and the idea is if you have had illiteracy issues that you might read a magazine and associate pictures and learn a little bit on the spot? Well, it's a little bit more than that. Um, or if you don't speak the language, maybe? It's a combination. So let's start with this. So um, statistics show that children who grow up, grow up in households where they have a library, mm. 500 books yeah. plus, more than likely they're going to go to college. Right. They're going to get a degree and it's going oh, to wow. dramatically change their earning potential. So that's one of the reasons why we want to make this cool. And there's a whole bunch of marketing that's going to go along with the library boxes in Trenton to make this cool, make literacy cool. It's cool Absolutely. to read, to learn, et cetera. Yeah, um, what we've also learned is that Trenton is a, a community that has a large population of Latino Hispanic uh, communities that are represented so here, some from many different yeah. from many different countries. So, um, what's an easier way for you to learn? I mean, it would be nice if everyone could take English as a second language courses, but sometimes it just doesn't work for various reasons. Right. But if people have the opportunity to get English literature in their hands for free and try to learn or read at their own capacity, it's going to enlighten them a little bit, oh, and that's absolutely. part of the idea as well. So what other programs can you tell us? I know, can you tell a little bit of MLK? Sure. So um, Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King Day of Service. Um, okay. We look at uh, MLK Day, Martin Luther King Day, as a day on, not a day off. And uh, I've partnered oh. with Will Foskey, who's a local filmmaker, and uh, with Will Foskey and previously with Alyssa Horan, who has a nonprofit called Care Trenton, which does various cleanups throughout the city of Trenton. We started a cleanup where we, we did a cleanup on MLK Day and invited local people to come into the community to partner with us to help clean up. And we've been doing that for several years, and this year, 2017, or next year, a couple of weeks from now, 2017, we will host another one. And uh, our, our, our base camp is the Bethany House of Hospitality, which is owned and operated by Urban Mission Cabinet Inc., which is a, the New Brunswick Presbytery affiliate. And that is our base camp, which is also one of the, one of the projects that I, I, was a, I was the executive director and project manager of to get started. God, it's a lot here. You have a private secretary or something? This is a lot of work. No, actually, are you are you I, offering? I, I might have to. All right, so you have MLK, and then there's something about immigration, which is so sure. relevant right now. I kind of wanted you to bring that up. Sure. So um, I'll, I'll get into the immigration in, in a minute, but I also want to talk about um, some of the recreational things that I'm, I'm okay. involved in. I mean, as sure. a child, uh, one of the things that I was very fortunate to growing up in rural Ewing Township, I spent a lot of time on my bicycle, yeah. exploring and seeing different things, playing, riding BMX, and all these wonderful things so um, I always had a passion for biking and bicycle was my transportation that was my freedom 
And I've kept that mentality as I moved on um, to an adult, to adulthood. So I'm a part of the Trenton Cycling Revolution, which is a 20 plus year old nonprofit advocacy group that runs. Is it a race? No, it's not a race. It's actually a tour of Trenton that we do. Oh, great. So in addition to that. On bikes. On bicycles. Yep. Very cool. Approximately 15 miles. I did that in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, So we've we've got a wonderful website. It's uh, trentoncycling.org. Uh, But in addition to that, there's also an amazing culture of skateboarding and BMX here in Trenton that a lot of people are not aware of. Yeah. Some of the best pros in the last two decades have skateboarded and rode BMX in the city of Trenton. And most people Where do they ride? Mainly downtown in the state complex area. So one of my initiatives and projects, I was never a skateboarder. Uh, One of my projects is to have a skate park built. And I've been working with several different people, mainly a friend of mine, John, um, who's over at Champs, Champs Bar, yeah, which yeah. is a place to do lots of things. And uh, we've got Capital City Skate Park. We're community organizing. We've got a bunch of people who are interested in this concept. We found the location. And that's We're a great way talks. to bring teens together. Exactly. As an alternative. Yeah. As an alternative yeah. to recreation. Because maybe everyone doesn't want to play a team sport. Right. Maybe one, everyone doesn't have the ability to play lacrosse or buy the equipment or gear. But if you you get a skateboard or you get a bicycle and you can use that as as exercise recreation community camaraderie yeah, all those different things can happen idea. so we're um, working with the city of trenton we're, we're trying when to is that find gonna, a location what are, you, what are you trying to get that to happen I am a very ambitious person. I would like to have the groundbreaking sometime in early 2017. However, I have to be honest and say that there's probably going to be some pushback because a lot of people don't understand the bicycling and skateboarding What about the liability of skateboarding? I look at it this way, and, and this is something to take forward to everyone, all your listeners. If you see it done anywhere, it can be done where you are. Really? And it may take more work. You may have to uh, convince a few people, but it can be done. Well, they do have football. And that and, might be a little riskier. Oh yes, absolutely. And I was concussions. Told, I was told by someone who helped to design a skate park in Princeton, as a matter of fact, who said that if the municipality is playing football, that is the riskiest insurable yeah, that's what I've activity. Read. Yeah, I've heard that. So skate park is not. Yeah, that's excellent. So the immigration piece. Sure. I, I would like to hear a little bit about that. Sure. What so, is um, that? Sure. So, so let's let's bring it down. Um, the, one of the reasons why I wanted to do something on immigration was I, I've always been a, an eclectic believer in people. I want to get as many people together as possible. I love Chateaubriand, but I can't eat that every day, nor would I want to. I need some diversity. So it's the same thing in with people. The United States is one of the the most affluent countries in the world. It's the most diverse country in the world. And New Jersey is the microcosm of that. Culturally diverse, ethnically diverse, religiously diverse, very wealthy, all those wonderful things. So I started to look look at what was taking place here and said, hey, you know what? There's all these issues going on globally about um, left wing and right wing and and, uh, issues with immigration. And I said, well, what's taking place here in Trenton? And I spoke to some of my Latino Hispanic friends and and mainly my really good close friend and spiritual advisor, Karen Hernandez Granson, who is a New Yorker, a Puerto Rican born out of New York, born in New York. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and, and. We had some conversations about immigration, and, and I worship at a church that is right multicultural, etc. And to me, when I think about uh, my Christian faith, and when I think about my faith and what the book of Revelation says, the book of Revelation says we are going to worship 
in heaven with a multitude of people that can't be numbered from all different backgrounds. So all I'm trying to do is have a little bit of heaven right here on earth. And so it behooves me to, to do whatever I can to get my fingers on hot button topics and subjects. And immigration is one of them. Just this past weekend, um, I hosted an immigration roundtable. I had someone of Jamaican descent, Nigerian descent, Colombian, and Costa Rican wow. uh, for this roundtable discussion. And they had an opportunity to comfortably and safe, safely share exactly what their experience has been. And it's, rain, it's been a range of um, experiences. But that's the initial conversation. We need to have more conversations and we need to open up the eyes of most people so that they can start thinking about, hey, if I were in someone else's shoes, would I want this to happen to me? Well, it's also that the reality is if you know someone who's Muslim or you know someone who's Guatemalan or you know someone who's Mexican, like I have friends or personally, I mean, once you have a relationship with someone, you see them from a completely different perspective. You know, and I think Immigration Roundtable is a great idea. Anything that has to do with getting the word out and letting these people be human beings, mm -hmm. you know. Well, um, and, and, and that's, that's one of the things that I want to challenge. Just us thinking by race. We are all of the human race. And that's a mentality that needs to change. Because that's deeply rooted in our culture. Many people think, to yeah, think I mean, when you say race... People think, okay, well, I'm thinking about someone who's African-American or someone who's like Irish or... No, we are all human beings. And until we get to the point where we realize that we are all of the human race, we all have the same blood with different similarities, etc., that is going to be one of the main hurdles that we'll have to cross over. Because if I don't look at you or I look at you as a different race, if something happens to you, I can almost dismiss it men mentally. Mm. which is a huge problem. Now, yeah, I, I yeah. do want to add, add on this. Um, you know, when, when you brought up, you know, immigration. So we live in a very culturally rich and diverse community here, very wealthy. Mercer County is one of the wealthiest counties in the country. And it's got a large population of, of people who have immigrated to this area. They are a functioning part of the economy that's here. Big time. Now, you can go into most restaurants, most service jobs, and you will see someone who may have not been born in the United States. Now, this is a scary thought for a lot of people, but for a lot of people who, who want to kick people out and lock them up for being immigrants, all those different things. Good luck getting a hammer. If they would, <laughs> if they could think about the ramifications on the economy, and I say that because I have personal experiences where contractors, business owners, restaurants, etc., have people who are working who are undocumented or partially documented. But they pay taxes a lot of the time. And, 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 that, time. and, that, and, and that's that all depends. Too. But then there's also the economy of those people holding that over the head of the people who work for them, like indentured servants. So I think no, a that's simple a good thing, thing. They're adding to the tax if, pool. If the people who really want to do something about immigration, I would suggest that we put fines on business owners who hire people illegally and make it $10,000 per occurrence. If you want to see a change in immigration and in the policy, start finding small businesses who have a company where they've got 10 people who are working and they're undocumented. You levy a $100,000 fine against them. I think they'll change 
they'll change their mentality quickly. Yeah, I remember. Well, you need to have a forum. It's a 1099, some kind of forum. And if you have that, that's all the government wants. But anyway, that's a little political. <laughs> but yeah. I, I guess I wanted to ask you this. What do you see is your vision for Trenton? Well, my vision is much larger than Trenton. I mean, Trenton is where I am right now. Right. Um, and the adage I like to use is, um, is an old hip-hop adage from Eric B. and Rakim. It's not where you're from. It's where you're at. Mm. And this is where I am right now. And I've been fortunate enough to uh, be in this city of less than seven and a half square miles, just a few miles from where I grew up, where my mother lives. But who knows, man? I, I mean, we live in a global economy and a global society. I'm open to uh, moving all around and doing whatever needs to be done. Um, the work to me is much more of a spiritual, spiritual thing. Again, I want to build a better community for everyone. And I think I've got a fantastic um, example. Um, you know, like I said, the book of Revelation talks about being in heaven and worshiping with a group of people from all different backgrounds and languages, etc., with who can't be numbered. Yeah. That's where I want to be. That's the party I want to be at. Well, I, I'm very excited. I think we're going to have to <laughs> end on that note. All right, So fantastic. you keep it up. And this is Jacques Howard, fabulous community activist, organizer, everything guy, and his birthday is tonight, so happy birthday and keep up the good work. 12-12. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you very much, Jenny. Can you give any last words? No, that's good. Right? That, was that long enough, Adrian? It was I don't know great. because my clock isn't going on. It's fine. On. It's I think we had like no, 40. I think we, I think we started around 6. Oh, you know where we started. Yeah,